Episode 231 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. I'm Managing Editor Kirk Seminoff sitting in for Bill this week. Well, the Wichita Wind Surge completed its first minor league season last month, bringing affiliated baseball back to downtown in a new sparkling $75 million ballpark. Wichitans flocked to the stadium to take it in to see what the new ball club was like and celebrate the return of baseball during COVID-19. We thought it was a good time to, after the season to sit with Wind Surge CEO Jordan Kobritz on what the front office learned about its fan base, its relationship with the parent Minnesota Twins, its ballpark, and itself. But first, let me tell you about the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. The ICT Summit is this week's cover story. Last week, we brought more than a dozen community leaders together to talk about the future in Wichita of education, businesses moving forward, and downtown development. Coverage of those discussions begins on page eight. This month's Women Who Lead program spotlights standout professionals in aviation and manufacturing, which are traditionally fields dominated by men. Those profiles begin on page 11. This week's list, nonprofit executive compensation. See what CEOs are making the most annually. That begins on page five. Part of our mission is to help small and medium-sized businesses grow. One way we try to accomplish that is through our weekly lead section. We list bankruptcies, new real estate deals, building permits, new corporations, who owes back taxes, and court judgments. Our lead section this week begins on page 20. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. Jordan Covert, CEO of The Wind Search, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for asking, Kirk. Appreciate it. It's been quite a ride for, for you guys in The Wind Search to get through the first season of baseball. You, you know, the new ballpark, which seems like it came in record time, and then COVID canceling a season and, and, and that included the death of Lou Schweikheimer, the managing partner who was a good friend of yours, I know. Was it good to finally be able to get to the daily grind of baseball this spring and summer? Uh, beyond good, I think is the way I would put it. it. It was. It was a rocky year prior to that. Uh, a year ago at this time, for example, we didn't know where we were going to be. Uh, there was uh, discussions going on between minor league baseball, and major league baseball. Ultimately, MLB stepped in and took over minor league baseball. Uh, that was done in uh, January. And then in February, late February, we finally got a schedule uh, that we were going to start in May, which was an unusual start. But any start uh, was a relief. So, yes. Uh, it was a it was a huge relief to finally get started. A lot of a scramble, though. Um, every season is a scramble to one extent or another. This season seemed like even more of a scramble because there was so little time to prepare. But all went well. Here we are and looking forward to the future. Well, I'd like a lot of this podcast to just be your impressions of how things went in certain areas. Let's let's talk about what you learned first about your new fan base. Uh, I can't say enough about the fans. Uh, from the time we opened the, the gates for the WSU game to the time we, uh, we closed them in September, uh, the fans came out in support. And, and, you know, it was rewarding to say the least. 
Uh, obviously, early in the week, Tuesday, Wednesday, those kind of those games are always a struggle. But when we get to Thursday, we saw our attendance go up. Friday and Saturday were absolutely terrific. And Sunday afternoon, of course, is, is Sunday afternoon. A lot of clubs in the past never even played Sunday afternoon. They tried to schedule double headers on other dates. Uh, but I want to tell you a quick story about the fans and the attendance. When we lost the third playoff game, we were three and out, as you know. I reached out to the Northwest Arkansas GM and sent him a note of congratulations, told him his team earned it. They came to play. Uh, they jumped on us and, and never let up. And he said, thanks. And, and then he said, wow, what a crowd. And, you know, credit to the fans because they, they did turn out. And we were very fortunate. We had great weather. We clinched early, so we had a week to prepare. We were playing on a Friday night instead of a Tuesday night. But I can tell you, our our attendance that night, uh, our fans were the talk of minor league baseball. And it's yeah, like you like you mentioned, it's tough to draw fans in the postseason. Kids are back in school, but luckily you did have a Friday night. Yeah. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. How about the stadium? You know, it, it looked as great in September when when I was there as it did in May. How did it hold up? And and what did you learn about? about the stadium as you accommodated thousands of fans a night? Well, the stadium's pretty special to me. I was the team point person on the construction of the stadium. So I sat through all those tedious construction meetings that Lou wanted nothing to do with. He'd rather show the stadium off, which he did as well as anybody I've ever met. Uh, and, and so you, you think you've got this thing figured out as you sit through those meetings, but you never really know until you open the gates and you see 7,000 people coming at you, which happened on April 10th when we, we had the WSU-Houston game. And I've got to say, the, the stadium operated every bit as good as we had hoped and expected. And, and that's pretty unusual. I mean, there, there were a few things that we want to tweak this offseason. But overall, uh, I think the stadium after the fans was really the star of the show. Um, so we, we couldn't be prouder of it. A community seemed to take to the stadium. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it was just something special. I can't imagine anybody would have a problem with the, the sight lines or anything about the stadium whatsoever. It really, really was a, a jewel this summer. Um, you know, you had a, a, a last, not a last minute change, but kind of a late change in, in parent clubs with the Minnesota Twins becoming your, your parent it, that started in December, and two months later, they were preparing to send players to Wichita. Uh, how did that relationship go as the as the year went on? Well, I, I don't want this to come across as uh, a negative or critical of Miami, but it worked out to our advantage. Uh, Miami is a long way from Wichita. It is not a direct flight, as you know. Uh, Minnesota is in the Midwest. Uh, it is a direct flight. There are a couple of uh, direct flights per day. The Twins were very aggressive to get us in their minor league system. They wanted us. And we knew that, I mean, the Minnesota Twins were actually uh, our second choice. And, and Miami wasn't the first because we knew they were going to, to Jacksonville. First choice would have been Kansas City, of course. To Kansas City's credit, they they honored their loyalty and long long term uh, relationships with their AA and AAA affiliates. So after Kansas City, 
Minnesota was number one on our list. And so we were very fortunate. I think it's a great partnership. They were thrilled to be here. We were thrilled to be with them. Uh, and I don't think you really saw the kind of relationship that we are going to have uh, because of the COVID situation. Uh, we, we didn't get a lot of uh, folks from Minnesota in town. When they were in town, they wanted to keep a very low profile. We weren't even allowed to get the players out in the community uh, last year. And in minor league baseball, you, you, your biggest advertisement and promotion is your players, getting them out in schools, getting them out in the community, uh, making public appearances, et cetera. Those things were prohibited this year. So I think going forward, uh, people will see the kind of organization and more importantly, the kind of people uh, Minnesota really has uh, in their front office. I saw it when I owned uh, the Daytona Cubs in the Florida State League. We saw it again when we bought uh, the Charlotte uh, Stone Crabs because they were our sister city just 45 minutes down the road. Um, they do things right and they take care of their players. They house their minor league players right on site in their spring training complex during the spring. Uh, they were one of the first, I, I think actually the Pirates were one of the first years and years ago, but in the modern era, the Twins uh, were one of the first clubs to do that. Uh, and like you said, it's a direct flight to Minneapolis when you have a player needing to get there or, or front office people going back and forth. That's that's an advantage, you're right. Um, let's talk, you know, I, I would talk baseball during this podcast if I could, but let's talk on the business side. Um, I would think that in a first season, an inaugural season, just the newness and the stadium helps market yourself. Uh, how does that change going forward into year two and maybe year three? Do you change the marketing? Absolutely. First of all, as I mentioned, uh, this wasn't even a normal first year because we didn't have a, a schedule early enough to do any planning. That's what we're doing right now. Uh, we're trying to plan the schedule for next year, evaluating and reevaluating everything we did. So, for example, uh, were fireworks something that we want to continue? Uh, what was the ROI on the spend there, for example? Uh, and that's probably one of the easiest decisions. But uh, it's, it's things of that nature that, that we're looking at right now. What should staffing look like going forward? I mean, we had to gear up very quickly. We only had uh, probably half a dozen people on staff when we got the word that we were going to go live. And so we had to build the staff. And, and you know, I, was tr I tried to be fairly conservative because I didn't know what COVID was going to do. I didn't know if we were going to get a season or a whole season, even if we were able to, you know, finish in September. And so it's, it was painful for Lou to go through the first round of layoffs and furloughs. And then when Matt White and I stepped up, we had to go through another round. And, you know, that that is probably the worst, worst experience you can have as a manager or leader of an organization. And we didn't want to go through it again. So we were fairly conservative. So this fall, the, the dialogue is completely different. How many people do we want to bring on? Uh, can we expand? I mean, we've got 22 to 24 full-time people right now. Uh, we, we're looking at possibly going to 30, uh, bringing on more interns in the summer than what we had last year. Uh, so those are big decisions to make uh, as well. Do we increase our marketing budget? And if so, where? Uh, conducting surveys and uh, 
examining you know some of the previous surveys that we had of fans what did they like what did they dislike you know you 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 talked earlier about uh you know was employment an issue for us this summer? Absolutely it was. I mean, anybody who thinks otherwise wasn't paying attention to what was going on in the real world. I mean, there there were a lot of businesses in Wichita that had to uh, close during the pandemic and struggled to reopen because they couldn't find enough help. And then there are some that didn't open at all because they couldn't find enough help. We were in the same boat. On on some nights when we should have had uh, 12 to 16 folks in the concession stands, uh, uh, POS systems, uh, we had four to six. Um, we weren't alone. Every club was in the same situation. And, you know, there was a huge turnover because uh, these kinds of uh, jobs, they there just naturally is because it's part-time employment. People decide, well, I can go on unemployment and make as much money as I'm getting working, or I can get a new job for a, a, an extra dollar an hour, and they won't even give you an opportunity to match that. And and we did that a couple of times. I mean, we had two pay raises during the summer to, uh, you know, that trying to retain staff or recruit new staff. Is that going to continue? I'm not sure anybody really knows at this point, uh, but that's something we're wrestling with at this point as well. We certainly hope to uh, create some more efficiencies in our concession operation. Uh, the hospitality operation, uh, you know, in the suites and the party areas, we didn't suffer nearly as much as we did uh, in the concession operation. And we heard about it from our fans, legitimately. I, I would have complained if I were them too. So uh, we we acknowledge that, and that's an area we certainly hope to do better at. I know, I know baseball has winter meetings where major and minor league clubs go and, and share ideas. Will, will hiring and, and retaining employees be a big topic of conversation? I think it already is. But yes, we are going to have winter meetings. That, that's another decision that MLB uh, announced late. But we are going to have uh, winter meetings uh, at about the same time we normally do, the first week of December in Orlando. And I'm sure that'll be uh, a subject of conversation. We've had league meetings when we've talked about that. And frankly, we talked about it throughout the season with some of our, uh, you know, sister uh, teams in, in the AA Central League, what used to be the Texas League. And, and we we wanted to know where were we? And and there were clubs that came up and visited us and, and uh, got some ideas from us and I mean, that kind of makes you feel good, but it kind of makes you realize where the other clubs are at, too. Supply chain issues were a big issue for us. Uh, you know, Cisco, for example, sent out an email saying they were going to cancel deliveries uh, and accounts uh, throughout the, the community, and they were going to send a list later. Well, we reached out to them and said, well, we can't wait till later. Are we on your list? And they said, no, no, don't worry. You know, you won't be cut at all. But certain items were cut. Or if you ordered 10 cases or something, you got three. Um, so you had to, you know, juggle things, uh, for example. Uh, and, and that was true in the merch area as well. I mean, we had a, a run on merch like I've never seen before when we opened up and, and credit to the fans. I mean, if we had six different hats or six different t-shirts, they wanted one of everything. And, they, and then they showed up with a cap and a t-shirt with wind surge on it uh, virtually every night, uh, which was great. But, but we ran out of supplies fairly early and I had to do some shuffling in order to uh, build that inventory back up. That's a question we're asking ourselves now. Are we going to face that 
for next year? Um, and, and how much do we really order? Um, so, I mean, these are, these are good problems to have, if I can use that word. They aren't really problems, they're challenges. Uh, but, but there are also uh, things that we worry about, not just for us in the bottom line. We're in business to satisfy fans, let's face it. Uh, if your fans aren't satisfied, you're in trouble. Uh, and we want them to have a good experience. And waiting in line 30 minutes to get something to eat is not a good experience. I mean, let's face it. Uh, there is no way to, to couch that in positive language, okay? Um, and, and those are the kinds of things we're trying to figure out now, how we address those kinds of issues. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to make sure I asked you about the, the recent announcement by Major League Baseball that beginning next season, it'll, it will pay for housing for all minor league players. That had been a big story this past year. You know, minor leaguers in many markets either couldn't find satisfactory housing or couldn't afford it, more or less spending all their income on rent. Can you talk about what the situation was like in Wichita and what Major League Baseball's announcement means for the wind surge and its players next year? Sure. Well, first of all, uh, I, I don't know much more about that announcement than than what you've highlighted. Uh, from what I read, the MLB teams, all 30 of them, unanimously agreed uh, to provide uh, housing for their players in their home city, which in our case, of course, would be would be uh, Wichita. Uh, the the minor league team pays for housing, the hotels on the road. So we've done that for years, and uh, they they didn't add that to part of the announcement to, to indicate they were going to pick up that portion of the cost. But uh, in any event, uh, locally, I don't think there was a big issue, uh, other than housing takes up a huge percentage of what these players earn during the course of the season. Uh, because although they've got an increase in what they were paid this year, uh, in, in part because MLB eliminated 25% of the clubs, which saved them some additional money, of course, uh, but still, uh, it, it's not a living wage by any stretch of the imagination. So they are still sent, spending a huge percentage of that check on housing and food. But fortunately, the quality of the housing in Wichita wasn't at, at the level that you read about in the paper in some cities and in some systems. No is the food. They, they ate pretty good at the ballpark. Minnesota utilized our uh, uh, kitchen operation and our chef. Um, and, uh, you know, I used to I used to get pictures of, of what they were eating every night, pregame and postgame. And I used to send a text back, uh, did you save one for me uh, for tomorrow? Uh, I'd, I'd love to have that for lunch. Uh, but it Food for the players, at least, has come a long way since when I first got involved in, in minor league baseball. Uh, back then, it was uh, PBJ before the games, and post-game, it was concession leftovers. Uh, and the only thing the players wanted were hot dogs, um, uh, burgers, or uh, a pizza. And, and all three of those are taboo, by the way, today, uh, which, I, I mean, it's an acknowledgement by MLB that these players, are there are indeed, it's their future. So they want to take care of them and uh, fuel them right so that they can perform to their to the highest level. So well, that was good to hear the Major League Baseball stepping up. You know, you, like you said, they had they had reduced the number of clubs and saved some money that way. So, Jordan, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Congratulations on a great first season and, and best of luck moving forward. Thank you again, Kirk. And it's always a pleasure talking with you. 
Well, that's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 231. Check out all our podcast episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com forward slash evolve. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.